Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, my name is Caroline Stocks, Managing Editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Brian Jordan, who's Associate Professor at the University of Georgia. Brian, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Now, vaccinating against infectious bronchitis is something that's standard procedure in the poultry industry, but matching a vaccine to the strain of IBV is something that's not always possible. Can you explain why? Yeah, so infectious bronchitis virus is an RNA-based gamma coronavirus, and the genome changes fairly routinely. There are mistakes made during replication. There are some recombination events that occur with viruses in the field. And so we have a situation where new variant viruses evolve every so often. And we can see that throughout the history of bronchitis, where our original strain was called Massachusetts. And then not 10 years after the Massachusetts strain was really characterized, we had another strain called that we call Connecticut. And then as time progresses, more of these variants evolve. And as these new variants emerge, then a new vaccine has to be made. And that takes time and it takes a pretty big capital investment as well. So as new variants arise, um, there is either a lag in vaccine production or at times we don't ever have a vaccine produced at all. So often producers will combine different vaccines to try and achieve cross protection. How successful is this? Yeah, the, the idea of cross protection is not new. It's been practiced in other parts of the world, particularly Europe for 20 to 30 years now. But in the United States, the idea of cross protection is actually fairly new. Uh, and it's really just been in the last five to 10 years that we've begun to experiment with mixing different serotype uh, IBV vaccines in an effort to protect against these variants as they arise. And um, as you may guess, not all of the combinations work equally as well as others. Um, Massachusetts tends to be the base of the cross protection program. And then we add another vaccine to it. Not all combinations are the same or as, as effective against different challenges. And so we really just have to try them out and ask the bird what they think. So tackling field type IBVs um, and using that strategy of, of trying different vaccines with it, it's, it's not always successful. And that's something that you were trying to look at with your research. Can you explain a little bit about what you were looking for? Right. It isn't always successful. And there are, there are levels of success even within the vaccine program strategy. And, and the, the most recent variant that we've had in the U.S. is called DMV 1639. And it's been around for about five to six years now. Uh, causing some issues and we've tried some different control strategies to prevent the the clinical sign and the economic loss that that is occurring and so in the experiments that we were doing we were evaluating a mass and georgia 08 type vaccination program as that has become sort of the common vaccine program uh, cross-protecting program for dmv 1639 and we were looking at trying to understand why or how that challenge virus continues to move around the United States, continues to be detected and isolated from different operations, even when that vaccine program is in use. So in terms of your research then, how did you carry it out? What did you do? This was actually one of the more complicated experiments that we've done trying to evaluate protection. Uh, typically we vaccinate birds, we challenge 28 days later, and then we evaluate clinical signs. We take swabs and samples to evaluate reductions in viral load. But in this case, I wanted to try to mimic what may happen in the field as closely as possible. 
And so in this way, we vaccinated some birds and we kept some birds non-vaccinated. And then we mixed a lot of groups together to try to represent fully vaccinated flocks, completely unvaccinated flocks, or maybe flocks where vaccination wasn't perfect, which is a problem that we face in the industry, and see how that challenge virus, that DMV 1639, moved back and forth between these different populations of birds to try and help us understand, well, if we do a really great job vaccinating, and we know that all of our birds have developed an immune response to those vaccines, that's enough to prevent this virus from transmitting to other birds. But if we have birds that are well vaccinated and we have birds that are not well vaccinated in the same population, now we've got a situation where that virus will transmit very efficiently. And maybe that's the issue that we're having in the field right now and why it's continued to, to linger and spread around the country. And that's how we designed it. So what did you discover? Well, what we saw was actually um, pretty interesting in our non-vaccinated birds. The virus transmits rapidly which we would expect. And we kind of already knew that based on how quickly it moved around the US once it really got into broilers as a respiratory virus. Um, we saw that the, vi the vi challenge virus would also transmit quite effectively from vaccinated birds that were challenged to non-vaccinated birds that were not challenged, which really tells us that if we do a poor job of vaccinating our birds, then that leaves a susceptible population in our flock. And if that challenge virus comes into the flock, Yes, it's probably not going to affect the birds that got well vaccinated, but it can affect the birds that didn't. And those birds that didn't get well vaccinated then become amplifiers and they produce a lot more virus and put it back out into the environment. But the more interesting findings were that we did see challenge virus transmission in birds that were vaccinated and challenged to other birds that were also well vaccinated, which tells us that even in this MASH Georgia 08 vaccination program, which I think is being pretty universally used for cross protection and is understood to probably be the best combination that we have right now. We do still have infection and replication of that challenge virus in the background. There was a significant reduction in clinical signs. You couldn't tell that these birds were challenged. They looked perfectly healthy. There would have been no issues at a processing plan if we took the experiment onto that kind of level, but we are still having virus infection and replication, which ultimately may influence how this virus changes or mutates in the future if it continues to do that. So what's the significance of this and what's the implications for producers? They have to make the problem, you know, settle down from an economic standpoint. When we have a variant like 1639 come in, we start having a lot of infection, maybe some mortality, reduced fee conversion. We've got air circulitis that causes some condemnation and processing. We have to get that to stop first. And using that MASH Georgia 08 vaccine combination, will do that. It will stop those clinical signs. So in terms of managing the viruses and, and controlling the disease, is there anything that producers should be doing differently? And making sure their vaccination process and program is as efficient as it can possibly be. So really making sure that all those birds get vaccinated and they're all mounting a proper immune response to vaccine. Um, management always plays a role in these viruses as well. We have a typical bronchitis season which is in the, the winter to early to mid spring, which correlates to you know, typical flu season in humans. The viruses just do better in cold weather. But that also correlates to a time when our management tends to suffer in the house because we don't wanna bring cold air in. We're not exchanging the air internally as much. Um, sometimes these houses can get a little stuffy. We can have some ammonia buildup. And that always leads to worse outcomes when we do have these viruses come in uh, during that time. So making focusing on vaccination, 
making our management, particularly in the winter and spring, as good as it can possibly be. Um, and then just doing surveillance in your flocks to understand what viruses you actually have and tailoring the vaccine program to those particular challenges. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com join.